are listening to the Daily Roundup here as part of the Reality Steve podcast. I am your host, Reality Steve. Thank you all for tuning in. This is going to be a really good Friday show for you because we got basically three topics to cover. What the latest is in the Clayton Laura Owens case, and you're going to want to hear this one because it's getting comical at this point. We're going to talk about the traders, episode four, and then we're going to end the episode with Did you hear? Former Bachelor producer Alana Noel on Courtney Robertson's podcast yesterday. It was a two-hour and 15-minute podcast. No holds barred. It was very revealing. It would take me a full hour to go over the whole thing. So I'm going to point out the things that she said that I thought were very, very interesting. Obviously, a lot of it was interesting, but I have to narrow it down or else this podcast would be an hour long. But very, very good interview. And I'm going to suggest, like I always do, you got to go listen for yourself. But we have a lot to talk about in those three topics. So here we go. We'll get it going momentarily. All right. First off, real quickly, want to start off by saying something about the merch line. As I speak right now, currently two items out of spot, out of stock, the wine chiller tumblers and the vagabond tumblers, which is the silver one. The regular 20-ounce tumbler, the white one, is in stock. The thing is, I never know what's in stock and what isn't because this isn't something where I ball purchase everything at first and I buy in bulk or whatever and then I send it out to you guys. This is all done through a store and I'm emailing them to find out like, hey, can you give me a heads up so then I can just take it off the store? Because if you purchase something, it might send you an email right away saying, hey, this is out of stock. We'll let you know when it is. But um, it should basically... If I knew something was out of stock, I would just remove it from the store temporarily so you won't even see it as an option. I don't know why it's leaving it as an option if it's out of stock. So um, just wanted to give you a heads up. Wine tumbler and the Vagabond tumbler, which is the silver one, are currently out of stock. Everything else is in stock. All right, let's start out with the latest (laughs) in the Clayton Eckerd, Laura Owens case. And this is a good one because... I feel like I've been saying this for two months, but it really does feel like the walls are closing in on her because these court documents that are public, when you read them, they are including in the exhibits, like when files are and motions are filed, they have the email exchanges between Clayton's lawyers and Laura's, well, Clayton's lawyer and Laura's lawyers, because since this all started, as you would see in one of Clayton's lawyer's messages to her lawyer, he tells her he tells them you're like the 13th or 14th lawyer she's had on this case. Like all she does is change lawyers and remove lawyers. It's again, it adds to the bizarreness of this case. Clayton's had the same people since day one. Laura literally changes lawyers like she changes her underwear. You know, I mean, this is so bizarre that she's had 13 or 14. Why do you need 13 or 14 lawyers? Oh, that's because you're changing your story every time. Anyway, so the latest is that Laura was deposed. She had to show up at a deposition on Wednesday because Clayton's lawyers, you know, needed some answers. They needed to ask her a few questions of, hey, you were pregnant for seven months, and then you said you weren't pregnant. Where are the babies? What happened? Would you be shocked if I told you that Laura just didn't show up for her deposition? Because you would be right. (laughs) Look, 
the best part about these public court documents is we're seeing the emails between Clayton's lawyer and her lawyers. <laughs> Laura Owens is getting obliterated in the court system. Like Clayton's lawyers are absolutely dead on with everything they send to her lawyers. And it's just like, oh my gosh. Like I, I said it, what, two or three weeks ago to Laura. I pleaded for it. Just give in. Just give up and admit you were lying the whole time. It'll be so much easier for you. You're putting your poor lawyer, who's getting obliterated by Clayton's lawyers, you're putting him through such nonsense when you know goddamn well you were never pregnant. You know? What are you doing? I know she has too much pride at this point. She's too stubborn to admit it because she carried on a lie for seven months. But when you read these emails from Clayton's lawyers to her lawyers, they're just dead on. So basically, Laura didn't show up for her deposition. Now, from what I can gather and from what people have told me, she was being deposed and Laura basically said, well, I'm going to file a motion because if I'm going to be deposed, I want it sealed. Of course she wants it sealed because she doesn't want us reading all these court public court documents that make her look completely foolish. But she filed a motion basically saying, well, I'm going to depose. I don't want this public. But <laughs> not showing up to a deposition because you have a motion pending about whether or not it's going to be sealed or confidential is not an acceptable reason to ignore a subpoena for that said deposition. Therefore, she is now liable for sanctions, including all the costs incurred in missing that deposition. And then basically Clayton's lawyers called for, um, he referenced the pending motion for sanctions and is basically telling the judge here, like, look, look at what she's doing. She's pulling this shit again. She needs to be sanctioned for this. So it's all out there. It is such a great read <laughs> to, to see what Clayton's lawyers are sending her lawyer. Look, when you read it, if you go read it, I, I think you'll even actually see. You know what? I'm going to you know, I'm going to read you the quote from her lawyer to his lawyer from these documents. So you'll get an idea of what her lawyer is saying to his lawyer. This was from Tuesday, the day before the deposition was supposed to take place, supposed to take place on Wednesday. And her lawyer. His name is Corey emailed Clayton's lawyer, whose name is Greg. And he said, Greg, I'm not going to read the whole thing. I'm just going to read the first paragraph, the first couple sentences that he sent him, because this is the point I want to get across here. He said, Greg, I appreciate your understanding of the interesting situation I walked into in this case. I know you and I are in opposition on this one, but I hope we can represent our clients with the understanding that we are both simply representing our clients and not take issue with each other for doing so. Let's hope our next case together isn't so contentious. <laughs> Translation, dude, I just walked into this and holy shit. Please don't hold this against me that I took this woman's case. I mean, that's the way I read it. It's just my opinion. But I, I just can't. It, I don't I don't usually read what lawyers say back and forth to each other. But I can't believe Laura's lawyer said that to Clayton's lawyer. Like, hey, man, <laughs> look what I this is. I, I really walked into an interesting case. Her own lawyer is calling it an interesting case, and it's not because he thinks he's got everything in the bag, you know? So I just thought that was hilarious. But 
it is uh it is quite the read uh, i i will say that um <laughs> but yeah so basically laura was supposed to be deposed on wednesday she filed a motion and we're like well if i'm gonna be deposed I, this can't i don't want this public i want this to be sealed and so she just didn't show up because you know the she basically filed that the day before so the judge isn't going to rule in one day oh yeah it's going to be sealed or not so she just didn't show up for her deposition I don't know much about the law, but my guess is you probably should show up when you're deposed. And she didn't. Not to mention, this deposition date was on the calendar for at least, I think, two weeks. Two or three weeks, it's been known that this was a deposition date. It's not like they sprung it on her on Monday and said, we're deposing you, you need to be in court on Wednesday. And she was freaked out. No, no, no. She's known this whole time, and then, of course, the day before, she files a motion. I mean, this is what we're dealing with. She's running, she's running, she's running, she's kicking the can down the road, and ultimately it's going to catch up with her. I don't know when, I don't know how, but it's going to. We all know the truth. It's very obvious what's been going on here the whole time, and it's just hilarious that she doesn't want it public when she's the one that went to the sun, that wrote a Medium article, that's posting on social media platforms that are public. I mean, it is just comical. But, hey, it's great content. <laughs> great content. Love the fodder that she gives us on almost a daily basis. Dave Neal's going to have a great video up on this today, I'm sure. So, um if you want to, go to Dave Neal's video today. I haven't spoken to him since yesterday, but my guess is today's video will basically be Dave, if he hasn't already put one up, maybe he put one up yesterday, um, reading those emails between the lawyers back and forth because that's what he does on his medium. He can pull it up on a screen and you can just read what these people are writing to each other. I just read you verbally two sentences, but I just thought that was one of the funniest parts. If I were to read you some of the other things that Clayton's lawyer wrote, Laura's lawyer, you'd be like, oh, Jesus. I mean, my gosh, what what is Laura's team going to – it's like every time I read it, I'm like, great, what is Laura's team going to do now? What's, what's the next thing they're going to come up with? Because Clayton's lawyer is basically pantsing them in the legal system. And, you know, I just think it's hilarious. So go check out Dave Neal's video today. I'm sure it'll be titled – about Laura's lawyer, you know, he doesn't use Laura's name, but they, they respond, Mrs. Deposition, whatever the case may be. <laughs> you got to read some, you got to read or listen to Dave, read these emails back and forth between both legal teams. It's hilarious. And you know what else you got to do? You got to get hooked up with Mint Mobile. For a limited time, wireless plans from Mint Mobile are $15 a month when you purchase a three month plan. That's unlimited talk, text, and data for $15 a month. I know I am because my previous provider, over $100 every month. Literally over $100 for the last, I don't know, 20 years? Well, maybe not in the 20, you know, maybe not 20 years ago because remember back in the day, like you would get for $20 a month, you'd get like 20 free minutes and you'd be on the phone with somebody looking at the timer and trying to hang up with them at the 59 second mark so they can get charged for a full minute. Yeah. Or a, full, a second minute. Yeah. That was us back in the day. Anyway. But Mint Mobile, 15 bucks a month, three-month plan. You got to do it. They're here to rescue you with premium wireless plans for just 15 bucks a month. Say bye-bye 
to your overpriced wireless plans and jaw-dropping monthly bills and unexpected overages, which is what I did. So to get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash realitysteve. That's mintmobile.com slash realitysteve. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash realitysteve. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Let's talk Traders Episode 4. It dropped yesterday. As we know, they're dropping one episode a week on Thursdays. And we know that just like when they dropped the first three episodes last Friday, which all happened at 9 p.m. Eastern time, unfortunately, that's when the new episodes are dropping every Thursday. It's going to be Thursday nights, 9 p.m. Eastern time. So Episode 4 drops last night, and we get the resolution to murder in plain sight. I had questions about, well, how is this going to go down? How are they going to know? Is it going to be easy to pin it on uh, Parvati, since she was the one that had to hand the chalice to somebody to drink from? Well, we find out she ends up giving the chalice to Ekin Sue. Not somebody she was targeting, but for whatever reason, she felt in the moment that was the easiest person she could get to drink from the chalice. Ekin Sue from Love Island, UK. Never watched it. I didn't know who she was. She was one of the few people from this season that I had never heard of before. But she gives her the chalice, she drinks from it. It's not like it was actually obviously poisoned or anything like that. Or they stepped in right at that point and said, you're dead. Because then obviously it would have been pretty easy to finger poverty at that point as the culprit. So they still did the same thing. They all went to, you know, they went to bed, came in the next morning downstairs for breakfast. The first two in the room were Dan and Phaedra. So they're just like, okay, we can talk a little bit since nobody's here yet. The third person that came in the breakfast room was Parvati, and she told them, because they didn't even know what she had done, hey, I got Ek and Sue. And then everybody walks through like they normally do, and in comes Ek and Sue as one of the people, and they have no idea what's going on. Alan Cummings, the host, explains that the murder was in plain sight, and today during the challenge, they will be able to add money to their account if they could figure out who was the person that was murdered in plain sight. So they have all these, they, they, they basically dress up in all black like they're going through a funeral procession and there's stops at each procession that has clues of who it isn't. And they're able to guess that. And basically it came down to three people left. It was the woman from Shaw's of Sunset. I can't remember her name. Oh, MJ. Uh, Parvati or Ekin Sue. And everybody that was left just assumed it was MJ. They didn't. And you basically had to drop a black rose uh, on each woman got in a casket. You dropped a black rose on the woman you thought was the one that was poisoned. They all guessed MJ and they all guessed wrong. So they didn't get $20,000 in their account. Ekin Sue was the one that was murdered in plain sight. And everybody now is just totally even more confused than they were before. Because they're like, she wasn't a threat. Nobody was even talking about her. Why are the traders going after her? What's the correlation between her being you know, sent away by the traders versus the other people that they've sent away, Johnny Bananas and um, Marcus, right? That's his name, right? Marcus. So, and there was and there was no correlation. So when they went to the boardroom, not the boardroom, but whatever it's called, the round table, to banish someone, it just became, it became a... Basically, it was what who ended up being. I mean, Larsa was the one that was eliminated, and 
it was over Kevin from Bling Empire. He was the other one that I didn't know this season because I don't watch Bling Empire. I don't watch any of the housewife shows, but I know who Larsa Pippen is, obviously Scotty Pippen's ex-wife, and now she's dating the son of Michael Jordan, which is totally bizarre. But they end up banishing Larsa over Kevin. Larsa, I think, had six votes and Kevin had four, and then someone else had one. So now, I mean, they're so clueless on who the traitors are. Larsa and MJ were the only two people that have even suspected one of the three, which was Dan. Dan got two votes at the last roundtable. However, last night at the roundtable, Poverty decided to say in front of everybody, the housewives are sticking together. We might have to turn, you know, we need to go after them. They're all they're all sticking together. Well, one of the traitors that she's in conjunction with and playing the game with is Phaedra. So she basically just put a target on Phaedra's back, and you saw how the show ended last night. Phaedra, Dan, and Parvati get up to their little bell tower or whatever it is. They take off their hoodies, and Phaedra just lays into Parvati and just says, what are you doing? You just put a target on my back by saying all the housewives are sticking together. Uncool. Very uncool of you. And then she even says, and you too, Dan. I don't know what Dan did, but maybe because he allowed it. I, I don't know. But so now there's a little dissension among the ranks when it comes to Phaedra and Parvati and Dan, because Phaedra is not happy with either of them. So I don't know if they can mend this. I don't know if Parvati and Dan continue down this road of, hey, we're just going to have to throw Phaedra out there at some point and go with it. So. We shall see, but it's getting good. Next episode is the one where the Kate Chastain, right? That's her name from last season comes back and starts to play. She has becomes one of the contestants. Uh, maybe it's because Deontay left. That was the other thing that happened in yesterday's episode. We were just informed that Deontay has left the game, which we kind of probably saw coming from the last episode because he was very distraught that he sent Max home and Max wasn't a traitor and he was a faithful. So good episode four. Really liked the ending. Can't wait for episode five next Thursday. And I want to end with this. I teased it at the beginning of the episode. You got to go listen. I can only do this so much. It just, I can only do this podcast a service that you got to go listen for yourself. Go listen to Courtney after reality, Courtney Robertson's after reality podcast yesterday with Alana Noel. She is the Bachelor producer that has the podcast Recipe for Crazy. But she finally went on someone else's podcast and spoke of a lot of the things that she has spoken about on her podcast where I've heard from some of you that don't seem to take her seriously because she comes across as kind of goofy and flighty in her podcast and just like it feels like she's just winging shit and talking shit about contestants and stuff. If you listen to this podcast with... Courtney, I think you're going to see a, a, a pretty different side based on what I heard. It's two hours and 15 minutes long. It's a lot. But it also explains a lot of why she has said what she has said. And I think it lends a lot of credibility to her because I think a lot of people don't even know that she worked on many shows. She worked on the Kardashian show. She like worked hand in hand with Courtney and Kim Kardashian. She worked on that show. She worked on an Emmy award winning show. Uh, before it's not like she just showed up and was like a 
a lower level staffer on the bachelor. Now she's off the show and she's just, you know, talking shit about it. It, this is something, this is somebody that was really deep into that show and pretty high up on that show and saw and witnessed and dealt with a lot of shit. There's a few things I'm going to point out that she said in that podcast that I thought was very interesting. At the 21 minute mark, she talked about going in for her final interview to be working on The Bachelor. And she thought it was very, very interesting that one of the final questions that she was asked was, hey, if we bring you on as a producer, if you're ever in a scenario where you see another woman on the show, a contestant on this show, a woman being put in a scenario where if that were you, you would really feel uncomfortable as a female producer, how would you respond to it? And Alana's answer, because she she even admitted, I knew this is what they wanted to hear, was, hey, my, respons- my, my responsibility is to make a TV show. It doesn't matter what their feelings are. It doesn't matter how I feel about the situation. I'm there to make a TV show. And she said she realized well after the fact that they were basically asking her that because apparently, remember on Matt James' season when Anna Redmond was accused, was accusing Brittany of having... Uh, you know, be basically being an escort. Apparently there was a female producer that season. This is all being told by Alana on the podcast that a female producer that season was very uncomfortable with that situation. Basically having another woman out another woman for being an escort and maybe didn't go along with it. I don't know if she was fired because of it, but Alana said, I realized that's what they were talking about. So they were wanting to see if I, if I were in that situation, would I have basically stepped out or not been comfortable if I would have just gone along with it. And unfortunately, she said, yeah, I would have gone along with it because my job is to create TV. So, you know, that producer apparently was trying to shut that whole thing down, that whole storyline, which when you look back on it now, I can't even believe they let that be a storyline. But interesting uh, for Alana to say that's what they asked her in her final interview, and she gave them the answer they wanted to hear, and boom, she became a very high up producer. Uh, she said during the podcast that she has no focus on anybody's edits. She's just looking to get out the truth when the show is filming. She talked about her ex-boyfriend, the one, the producer that we know that she dated while she was on the show. She dated a former producer. His name is, they referred to him as Lord Voldemort. She didn't want to name him by name in the podcast, but in the podcast, they call him Lord Voldemort. And, she said not only, I mean, we knew that he had a drug problem because she's documented this on her TikTok and on her podcast. Her whole thing was she had a boyfriend who was very, very, very deep into drugs. And she said he does heroin. And not only that, he exposed contestants on this show to his drug use. And she said some of the contestants did drugs with him during the show while filming. She didn't name them by name. But if you look hard enough, you might be able to figure it out. Um, the other thing that was a very big dynamic was tons and tons of flirting between producers and contestants. Basically, even Courtney chimed in and said, look, there was a producer on my season that was very touchy-feely with me. And I was thinking, is he flirting with me? And then Courtney went on to say that that producer also had a girlfriend producer who worked on the show. Now, obviously, this was 
years ago. Courtney was on the show in, you know, 2000. I think they filmed in 2010 and it aired in 2011. So years ago, these both both of these producers are not on the show. I know who they are. If you did enough digging, you could probably figure out who Courtney was talking about. But it was a, another interesting dynamic to hear that coming from a producer saying, yeah, the male producers flirt with the female contestants pretty much all the time because you're wanting to get close to them. You're wanting them to feel comfortable with you. And if they feel like, not that they're, you know, oh, this producer wants me or something like that, but then if they're flirting with you, you just feel this comfortability with them, and then maybe you'll tell them stuff. So I thought that was very interesting. At the one-hour mark, she talks about a high-up executive that slept with someone on the show who ended up being a bachelorette, but the names are bleeped out. That one, I do not know. I don't know who they're talking about in that. Courtney bleeped it out, so you're not going to be able to figure it out based on where the bleep starts and <laughs> where the bleep ends. But I thought that was another, because now I think a lot of people are going to be looking into that like, whoa, wait a second. A high-up exec slept with a contestant, and then that contestant ended up being the bachelorette one day? Who is that? You know, But I, I don't know if we'll ever get the answer to that. And then she really went into detail on the serene and Genevieve flirting with her ex-boyfriend and what actually happened. She did clear one thing up. Remember, she had brought up in one of her earlier podcasts about this idea that there were two women from Clayton's season that flashed her ex-boyfriend and propositioned him for a threesome. She clarifies and says that never happened. The two women that were involved were Serene and Genevieve, but she said her ex-boyfriend said, oh, yeah, Serene and Genevieve flashed me and they wanted to have a threesome. This is the way he basically mind fucked her and just played with her emotions all the time, was telling her that, oh, all these contestants want me or whatever. So he made up that story. But at the time when she relayed it, she didn't know if it was true or not. And she had these feelings towards these women because she just she had these feelings towards Serene and Genevieve because of what her boyfriend at the time was selling her. I mean, it is some wicked, wicked shit. And once again, she goes into very, very heavy detail about the start of his drug use, what her role is was in that, not in terms of she did it herself because she's not a drug user, uh, as she said in the podcast. But basically, the show was very well aware of his drug problem. The show did everything they could to keep him on the show, even though they knew he had a drug problem. And yet she was the one that would get blamed for stuff when he was gone missing or whatever. He even was sent to rehab, and yet they still brought him back on the show. So it's it's not just this whole, oh, two hours of spilling tea about contestants on the show. It's a really, really interesting podcast because, like I said, when in the history of the show have we ever had a producer just come out after the fact saying, I worked on The Bachelor, and this is some of the shit that we pulled. This is some of the shit that we dealt with. I mean... It's not all secrets, like I said, but she has a story where, yes, I was a producer on The Bachelor. My boyfriend was a producer, and this is what we did. I think the funniest story that she told, um, and this is the final thing I'm going to talk about. You got to go listen to it. It's it's it's. I know it's two hours and fifteen minutes, but it's really good. A lot of lot of good information in there. The funniest story she told was during Clayton's season when they went to Croatia. Before they started filming, they had like a night off or whatever. So her and her boyfriend went out and about searching in Croatia, just, you know, just to sightsee or whatever. 
And, you know, they're a couple, so they're getting horny. And they ended up hooking up, like, outside of a church. The church was kind of like an inside-outside church. And they ended up hooking up at, like, on the outside portion of the church, like, up against a wall. And she said that, she said that her boyfriend at the time, the other producer, ended up finishing on the wall. And the very next day, Clayton and Teddy had a one-on-one in Croatia, if you remember, and they were at the same exact spot on the wall where (laughs) Alana and her boyfriend were the night before and the wall that he apparently finished on. I thought that was pretty funny because the timing of it, like how random, and yeah, they ended up at, and they end up, Clayton and Teddy end up being uh, at that wall, at that church, inside outside church, right in the same spot. Literally, two producers were banging it out at the night before. Pretty funny. Anyway, that was probably the only funny story she told in the whole thing. Everything else is really, really serious, and I think it's definitely a different tone than the podcasts that she did. At least that's the impression I got. So, uh, some serious allegations in there, some serious revelations in there that if you're interested in how the sausage is made kind of stuff, you got to go listen to this podcast. It is Courtney Robertson's After Reality with Alana Noel. So go check that out. Anyway, thank you all for listening. I really appreciate it. Please follow me on Apple Podcasts. Also, rate and review the Sports Daily. It'll be up in an hour from now. You can check that out. Everybody, have a great weekend. We'll be back on Monday with yet another Daily Roundup. So thank you very much for listening. I appreciate it. And I'll talk to you on Monday. See you!